any good like uh umpire remember Bochi had a pretty legendary one either his last or second to last year at the dodgers where he just fucking lost it uh we don't get enough of those anymore boone had the yeah, one Aaron last boone. year the what was his uh savages what, yeah yeah savages in the box you brett gardner usually starts it banging on the uh, inside of the dugout yeah. you know terry collins had the legendary one Put our, ass had, in the, our ass is in the jackpot. Yeah. They couldn't throw it uh, at Chase Utley. And he, he, I miss Terry Collins, who was good friends with uh, Howard Mudd, RIP. Oh, man. Remember, hey, I, was, I, I told the story. Uh, Terry Collins showed up at the Eagles facility to see Howard in his uni. Oh, because he could walk from the stadiums right next yeah, to Yeah, he other. could walk. He came to the offices in his uni and just a pair of tennis shoes. I saw him walking up the hallway. I'm like, Mets? There was. I mean, is anything more out of place than a full baseball uniform? Walking down the street guy in his full uni, like a 72-year-old. <laughs> like a kid with his mom at the grocery store after baseball <laughs> practice. Incredible. Uh, hey, everybody, here's the deal. No mailbag this week uh, because you guys left us reviews, but you're only putting a few questions. You're leaving comments. We need questions for the mailbag. So iTunes, leave us a mailbag question. We appreciate that you just send us love. Tell us your favorite bar to hang out at. And we'll fire that bad boy back up next week. Yep. Uh, you have to go to Apple iTunes, leave a review, leave a question. You can also go to the Facebook page, Haberman Middlecoff on Facebook, search it, leave a question on one of the posts, all of our podcasts, because of this thing Zuckerberg didn't, but one of his little minions, who's probably not a little minion, he's probably some multimillionaire, created this thing. You can just listen to the podcast by pressing on Facebook. It's pretty cool. Leave a question under there. We will also find it. And it's very easy to do. Gotta leave questions. And we'll do the mailbag. Yeah, it seems like people are just not don't know about the mailbag. They're just leaving reviews. Yeah, we which probably we appreciate. I, I mean, yeah, I probably wasn't strong enough hammering at home. Sometimes you throw it to me, and I'm not paying attention. I'm like, hey, questions, 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 questions are people. Uh, yes, do that. We appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, we have a podcast. The description is down below. If you're listening to the podcast, we have a YouTube channel. Go check that out. One other little announcement is that around 4:30, we'll get this. We'll get we'll get the link up early Sunday, so you'll know exactly the timing of it. But we'll be doing pregame for Sunday Night Football, well, YouTube only. Podcast will come after the Niner Packer game, but YouTube only pregame on the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. So be sure to join us for that around 4:30 Pacific or so. We'll nail that down this weekend. Pretty big game Sunday night. Can't wait. And then obviously Sunday podcast will be out Monday early morning. Be late yep. night. You know. Yeah, it will be. But you know. It's the price of uh, do- doing this tough job, guy. Out of respect for the blue-collar workers, medium blue-collar operation we got. Right <laughs> yeah, Saint, you know. For all of you listening <laughs> to this while you're, like, shoveling hot tar, like, you guys are more blue-collar than us, but. Now, in fairness, I, I saw PG&E just did a big operation around my condo complex. While there was some very, very tough labor going, also several other people standing around watching. So if you had the shovel in your hand, mm. work was hard. If you were the dude that was like middle cough standing there just kind of watching, job not that difficult. Another guy out on the street with a sign, he was listening to music. So just depends. Well, what one you, guy, uh, one guy recognized. One guy recognized. Yeah, middle cough. Shout out to that guy. Yeah. See that guy. Oh, he's I like, he's that like guy. on the forty six. He's not wasn't a starter, but he's there. 
rotate in 15 yeah, he's snaps. Ready. 15 everyone snaps has a, everyone has a role. Everyone has a role. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka, John. Tito's Handmade Vodka, as good as it gets. As somebody in the chat just said, uh, all they buy now is Tito's. Where'd that go? Here we go. Blake. All I drink now. Yeah, thanks, Blake. Well, you know what the key is, guy? On a football weekend, on a sports week, on an American weekend, the Ryder Cup, chanting USA as guys are coming out. It's a fantastic sports weekend, which equals us as guys watching a lot of, as they say in uh, Mexico, deportes, watching a lot of sports. And I know what you guys do when you watch sports. You drink. Tito's. Take us pictures. Tweet it at us. Instagram and tag us. Any cocktail, whether it's a Tito's and soda, whether it's a John Daly, whether it's a foo-foo drink, whether it's a martini, whatever you're drinking, show us, tag us, and uh, show us your Tito's drink. And I know a lot of you guys go into the stores, the Kroger's. I don't even know if they have Kroger's out here. Yeah, the H-E-B. But, yeah, Safeways, the Albertsons, Targets, you name it. I mean, a gas station. If you go buy a handle, take us that. I love a good picture of just like the handle sitting in the back seat. You know, like, hey, head home, just Close. load it up. Yeah, closed. closed. Yeah, you're driving, drinking responsibly. Yep, but absolutely. Um, but it's the best, John. It is number one. Those of you who didn't try it before and have tried it now, hey, you know. Those of you that knew about it before probably added some legitimacy to us that Tito's jumped on board, just like with the PGA Tour, John. Uh, Kelvin on YouTube says, only drink Tito's and bring it to parties because of ham. Yes, there, no, nobody is going to be like, you walked in with Tito's? What would you? They'll be like, oh, my God, you brought the Tito's. Thank you. Thank you. So you're welcome. Be that person that gets the thank you. Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka, six-time distilled in copper pots, not columns. It's better. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Remember this part. This is important. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Okay? Let's all let's all keep our heads out there. Do the right I thing. had some time to kill on Wednesday. Wasn't feeling great. Beautiful day. And I looked at myself. I'm like, you know, I could use a tan. So I went down to the pool. Just... Just lay down, listen to a podcast for like 30 minutes. Girl comes also that lives in the complex, sits down too. We start talking, picks my brain what I do. It just came up about Tito's. And then I go, you, you know, you want a bottle? She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll go up to the, my place and grab you, you a bottle for yes. you and your husband. She was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm dead serious. You want a bottle of Tito's? I have a case. So I will give them to you. Yeah, you know, I think people sometimes are shocked when they're like, Tito's really? I'm like, yeah, Tito's really. I mean, I give one to the mail, the mail person every time, every day. I give them another bottle. <laughs> so here, so thank you. <laughs> Devin from Tito's gave me like nine cases of this stuff. I, I'm drinking it, but I'm not drinking it fast enough because yeah. I'm savoring responsibly, you know? Yeah, that's key. Pod, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code ham and the number one. Mybookie.ag, promo code ham and the number one. Where right now you can find it all, John. That's where we're going to make our lock of the week and our dud of the week bet. My bookie will match that deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Anyone watching this right now on YouTube, if you want to gamble, mybookie.ag promo code ham one. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't quite dabbled, and everywhere you look, people talking gambling, gambling, gambling. Well, here's what you do: if you like this podcast, support us. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. You can gamble on everything. I mean everything, right? Football, clearly, college and pro, a million props, live betting, basketball, I guess training camp starts next week. You clearly gamble on the NBA. Baseball playoffs are right here. I think there's usually pretty good value on a quote-unquote underdog in the playoffs. 
a Cardinals, a Brewers, a White Sox. Like you can sometimes get a team like that to win the World Series, like 10, 12, 15 to 1. That's something to keep an eye on whenever uh in the next couple weeks when the playoff seating is set. Just I, I want to look at I like taking a flyer. Even just a hundred bucks if you can get it like fifteen to one. It's a little golf tournament-y. Because mm-hmm. we've seen it twice with the Giants. Definitely in fourteen, they came in and all of a sudden they won the World Series. You probably could have got them. I bet like 20, 25 to one that year to win the World Series. Yeah. That's a good question. I'd love to see the historical odds on that if somebody has that. So we, what we're doing is we're doing a lock of the week and dud of the week. We went oh for well, we went oh for one with a push week one. We yeah. went two and oh week two. No big deal. And uh, this week it's it's not easy. This week it's not. But you know what, John? It's not supposed to be easy. Okay, no. anything worth doing? Not easy. So we considered we considered a lot. Let's settle in though. Where are we on our our lock of the week this week? It was eight when we made the decision. It's now eight and a half. Ravens. It is not. This is not what is normally recommended. Fundamentals of betting: eight and a half points on the road. We did it week one with the Niners, and we got a push on eight. Our fundamentals, though, philosophically, this is what we do, right? This is a sharp would tell you this is this gets risky. The Haberman Middlecoff podcast, we've had success. This was our philosophy. We took a playoff team against a team that we've envisioned drafting in the top five. And we have been, when we stuck with it, and it gets a little boring, we have been very, let me repeat, very successful. When we've shied away, it's where you can get a little dicey. Because I was trying to push upon you, Broncos minus 10.5 against the Jets. Now, I think we all agree the Jets are going to draft in the top five. But are the Broncos a lock playoff team? You know, they played the Jags and the Giants. So, probably not, even though they're 2-0. And they'll probably be 3-0. The Ravens, I feel pretty good. They got this guy, Lamar Jackson. I, I, I like this bet. I've actually, I feel pretty good. Lions have yet to put together more than like two quarters, two and a half quarters of football. Uh, we're taking what we think is a good team against what we know is a bad team. You know, your Broncos bet, this is the thing. We talk through it, one bet fails, and we get it. And I told you so from one of us to the other one. Like, we should have gone with what I wanted. Um, the uh, uh, I could see Zach Wilson having not a bounce back game per se, but not another four interception game for sure. Well, he's going to have some good games. I, my pushback there would be I, I have a hard time envisioning him doing that in Denver versus Fangio. I'm not saying good game. I'm just saying not. I think like people are jumping on right now after the game he had last week to kill him. And that's that. this is where I, I don't – four interception game, easy to easy to kill a guy. See, I close my eyes and picture Patrick Sertain running toward the Broncos end zone with the ball in his hands. <laughs> There's a penalty on the play, John. I got called back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then – so that's our lock, our dud of the week. I mean – we determined Falcons Giants is the dud. It's the worst game. And so you know, we're gonna go Giants minus three just because they're the home team. Yeah. Don't feel great about this at all. <laughs> but this is a shitty game. Because we were going back and forth like the Jags, Arizona. Yeah, the Jags are a dud team, but Arizona's just not. And that would be what we stood for on this game. A terrible game. That no human, unless you're a diehard fan of that team, would want to spend one second watching. And that is this game. Like, if I don't see one play besides for the ticker and the Giants are up 10 most of the game and us feeling good, that's all I want to see. I don't know. Dud is designed to get us engaged in a game that we would otherwise not pay any attention to. Yeah. Uh, Remember, if you use the promo code HAM1, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline that bonus if you choose to. But either way, you can use HAM1 and uh, let them know that we sent you. Yes, you can. All right. Will there be bad blood? 
on Sunday night football between the Packers and the 49ers this week. On Thursday, Mike Silver put together a 10-tweet thread. I don't know if you've ever put together a 10-tweet thread, John. I have not. A 10-tweet thread. Should I read it? You want to read this thread for people uh, that haven't seen it? Or just yeah, summarize I mean, it? I'd, I'd go summarize because it is, but I mean, 240 characters times 10 is, you know, 2,400 A lot of words. characters. A lot of characters involved in this thread. Wednesday, Matt LaFleur said he holds no ill will towards Kyle Shanahan, longtime friend and colleague. But the Rodgers situation before the draft created a lot of drama between LaFleur, Shanahan, their mutual friends and coaching colleagues last spring, John. One in particular story underscores that strain. Minutes before the 2021 draft, Mike McDaniel, Niners OC, was FaceTiming with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur, who's Matt's younger brother. Those two are in Jersey. They're in charge of the Jets. McDaniel's office was open. Some other Niners coaches come in. They're bullshitting with each other. My word's not his. And a couple, uh, Shanahan comes into the room. Now, a couple hours earlier, NFL word had been rocked by reports that Rodgers desired to leave Green Bay and a report that the Niners had called the Packers, Shanahan to LaFleur, to inquire about the trade. Now the Niners are getting ready to pick third overall. The Jets had the two pick. Somebody in the room, Shanahan says to Salah and Mike LaFleur, I hope you guys don't take a different quarterback and cross us up. We haven't looked that hard at Wilson. That in itself is a little crazy, but keep going. Yeah, second time <laughs> Shanahan's admitted to not doing his due diligence on all the quarterbacks. <laughs> what do you mean? We already got our quarterback, said Mike LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers. Or, sorry, you already got your quarterback, says Mike LaFleur of the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Shanahan tries to brush it off as a joke. He says, hey, tell your brother to call me back. He hasn't returned my calls. Mike LaFleur says, can you blame him? At that point, according to Mike Silver, Shanahan gets upset, hastily leaves the room. In his eyes, he was merely doing his due diligence on behalf of the franchise. To Mike LaFleur, it was clear that blood is thicker than water. Garth Brooks once sang about that. Sunday night approaches. It's heartening that Matt LaFleur and Shanahan are downplaying any tension. They're both accomplished coaches, and the NFL is a stressful business. Uh, as for now, Rodgers remains property of the Packers. I don't know if you're allowed to use that language. Okay. One thing you left out that just stands in my mind on the thread was like mm. they, the Packers thought there was some funny business oh, because John it. John Lynch and Aaron Rodgers are both represented by uh, by David, David Dunn. Dunn. So yeah, some connection, you. some back channel, and mm -hmm. just some funny business going on. Yeah, I still don't quite understand. There's clearly more to it than just you know why would he or you know why would he call you back. Right. I, I, why would Shanahan get so worked up? Like something else had to be said for him to get super pissed off and storm out of the room, I feel like. Yeah, I guess if, the situation. So first things first, if we're accepting this whole 10 tweet thread premise and we're going to dive into it. Right? I think Silver is pretty tied in with just the Shanahan crew. Like I, I, I feel pretty confident like those guys, Aaron Rodgers' boy. He's known Mike since the like 1992. I, 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 I do trust silver pretty high level on this that even if it's not 100 it's probably closer to 90 than it is 50 right well let me say this uh, yes i agree with you because i think there are some people who go silver silver i got a few replies like this like silver's a hack i don't believe anything he says like well i mean believe whatever you want but he knows a lot of the uh, interested parties here 
So a couple of things I would say, I don't think from the evidence, from the things that we think happened, Kyle did anything wrong, but I would say if you did something wrong and you're feeling a little guilty about it, getting pissed when someone calls you on it is probably the first reaction, right? Yeah. If you were to feel a little guilty about something or if Fiddle you're like, you're a Raider hater, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you are. Um, but so that's the first thing that would be, if you're asking the question, why would it bother Kyle? That could be the first thing It's like, he was doing the right, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but he also didn't totally feel good about it. And he wished he didn't have to be in that situation. That could be possible. Also, like he might be saying, no, I'm doing my job. You're doing your job. Like, let's separate the, I'm not trying to screw you guys, but if you weren't the coach of the Packers, I would be inquiring on Aaron Rodgers, And so I still have to do that for what's best for my organization. How dare you treat me like my priority is to you as a friend and not they're paying me $28 million or whatever to be in charge of this organization here. I think where this gets very complicated is I I think that's pretty nuts how tight all these guys are. And then you realize like LaFleur, not the Green Bay Packers coach, but the offensive coordinator with the Jets and Sala were just there for four years. Like they are really tight, right? That group of is just, that's just very tight knit little crew. I do understand from Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, his career success in the future, right? What he's already had, very tied to Aaron Rodgers. In the future, very tied to Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, right? If you finally got a girlfriend and then you got married and she's just a dime and you're in love head over heels and you're just like, I'm going to have the greatest life for the next 50 years I could have possibly ever had. And all of a sudden, you feel like someone's going to take that away from you. And then you go, that's my connect. We were boys. We're all in this crew together. We are considered shoulder to shoulder as like, we're the group taking over the NFL, all of us. And now it feels like you're kind of trying to fuck me in a shady way. Not that you inquired. But I think it gets back to, were you guys working the back channels? Now, part of it, if you're LaFleur, it's like your quarterback, if he's working the back channels, he probably was the one that went to Lynch right? Or potentially. So it's not just there. They weren't actively like, do you think we could just randomly out of nowhere? It'd be, if a story came out, they had reached out to uh, Tom Brady's people and see if the Tampa Bay Bucks would trade Tom Brady now to the Niners. They were willing to take Tom and see if he wanted to come up. They'd be like, what? That's not what happened here. They, to me, were alerted. And like you said, yeah, you're my friend. I obviously, I love your brother. Sala, who you were the best man at the wedding, like all these connections, guy, are are more powerful than just your typical. You know, they worked on the same staff for three years, right? This is, it's like me and you if we had like five other people. Part, you know, it's it's a very tight knit deal. But I think Lafleur is taking his anger out on Kyle when really it's more Aaron. Yeah, and Kyle I, had to follow up. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that complicates it, right, is that Aaron is under contract with the Packers. So if you're Lafleur. Don't call me, and I don't know this is what happened, but maybe this is how he's viewing it. Don't call me and act like this is the first call you've made about this situation if you've already talked or somebody on your side has already talked to Aaron, right? That's like, what hey, you would, bro, you, uh, any any thought about Rodgers for pick yeah, three? I, I just saw this Schefter two? tweet. Uh, <laughs> news to me, but, right, like that's where you were LaFleur, you'd be pissed um, if you didn't believe that that first call was actually the first Inquisition, he, and he doesn't, and he should, and he doesn't, and he should. Yeah. But if Aaron Rodgers is trying to get himself to the 49ers, is that the 49ers' fault? No, that's my point. Like, that's like if your wife is the one reaching out to other people, 
it's hard to get mad at the guy that she ends up with, even if he's your friend. I mean, I understand it, but like she was the one that initiated the talk. Rogers was the one that initiated all this. If he had never said anything and just stayed quiet and never went to uh, Hawaii with the tellers and just been like, I'm a Packer. I love the Packers. I, we're going to win the Super Bowl in 2021. This never, the Niners never would have asked. This, wa- this wasn't an out of the blue. They were contacted. I think right. that's pretty clear. Right, I'm not mad at the SEC because Texas and Oklahoma wanted to leave the Big 12 to come to the SEC. Right, It's not the SEC's job to not pick up the phone. And this 100%. is a little different. There's no tampering rules in, in college football. Conferences can try to steal teams, right? In, college, in, in sports, it's very clear. Like I, as the owner of one team or the coach of one team, cannot reach out to a player who's under contract on another team. Here's where I can't understand if LaFleur was pissed off. If LaFleur didn't know about it, let's just assume he didn't know Aaron was all mad at Gudikins. Like it was quiet and they they did not, they weren't alerted to his uh, anger at their inability to alert him to anything that's going on in the organization. They're just, you know, in the clouds or whatever. And all of a sudden Kyle gets wind of this, that Kyle doesn't reach out to him and be like, hey bro, you got a quarterback problem. He's reaching out to us saying to trade for him. I could understand from his point, like Kyle, we've known each other for a decade plus our families are now tied together. It wouldn't even be crazy if one day, if you heard like one of the LaFleur's godfather was kind of like, we are in the solid, like what it, you wouldn't tip me off to this. I understand it's competitive balance, but you know, over my fucking dead body, I would ever trade you Rogers. Why wouldn't you tell me like we have a problem that is to me would be understandable, right? Yeah, Instead absolutely. of calling to ask, will you trade my quarterback? Like you don't need to act like Bill Belichick here. Just be like, Hey man, some weird stuff's going on with Aaron. I would, you and Goot should get together and look into this. That, yeah, that to me would probably be the the thing a friend would do. So if well, if, if you're Lafleur, I could understand hating him after that. Like you tried to fuck me. Especially the thing that complicates it too, right? Is it feels like there was an expiration date on this whole on this whole experience, right? In that, like the trade's about to happen tonight. So if we're gonna do it, we got to do it right now. Like they, they were going to put him on it. They were going to put Lafleur and Gudikins back against the wall on a deadline. Like he might not come back to you. Right, so that's you what Aaron wanted. Him right that's, now. And we we talked about this at the time. That Aaron, to me, the reason that broke when it broke is because Aaron wanted them in a position to have to do something that they wouldn't do if they had three weeks to think about it. Right. Like, all right, we can get the third pick in the draft. Now, the counter argument would be if you had done it a month earlier, maybe they could have fallen in love with Trey Lance on their own, and maybe they would have wanted to do the trade, right? Yeah. So I don't, I didn't think the strategy of it all necessarily worked. It obviously didn't work in the way that we think Aaron wanted it to work. But you're right. There is, there is a world where you go, hey, man, you got a problem, and I, I, we will 100% take advantage of that problem if we can. But obviously, we need, like, the Niners do need the Packers in order to do that trade. The Niners can't do that deal without Green Bay. No. So in the end, it doesn't do them a lot of good to keep Green Bay in the dark. Agreed. I One problem, though, I see is just from a human element. It's hard to balance when you become really good friends with someone and then you go to competing entities and then you just look at it through the prism of, I, listen, I have to, I'm just worried about me and my team. Like I, our friendship is separate from the industry we're in, so we have to be really aggressive. I think because of the extreme nature of this one, like what you just said, you could have been like, Kyle, I would never trade him to you. You know that in a million years. So for you to ask like, and, and pretend like you're just kind of in the dark is kind of offensive to me. Well, if I think that you, if I think you started it with him or that you've been talking to him before you talked to me. 
But clearly, the Niners wouldn't start it with Rodgers. They would need him to reach out, which is pretty obvious that he did, right? Or through you, his And you pick up that call, but then the next call is, hey, Packers, here's what's going on. We will 100% do this deal. So you guys go talk to Aaron, and you figure out if you can't get it out. We want to do a trade right now yeah. for Aaron Rodgers. We will and I, I, would, I, would, I would imagine people that are really, really tight that conversation in situations that are probably less, much less would be the magnitude of Aaron Rodgers. It could just be like a star corner or something. Those conversations have happened over the years in football, right? With friends like, Hey man, you right. got a problem just because you know, like they're not going to trade him to me. So even if he wants to come to me, he's my friend. Listen, it's I'm not even work, worth my headache, but I bet there's been other instances where that has not happened. So it's, it's just the nature of, I just say the, the pr- business, right? I mean, sometimes yeah. business, you got to worry about yourself first. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be wrong about this. I don't want to speak out of pocket, get my flowers. Uh, but if I no recall, cap. no cap, that night or the the day or two after, were the am I wrong or were the stories about how it played out, the order of phone calls and the timing of phone calls? Did they not quite? Was there a little? It was like, ah, wait, I thought you said that so-and-so called so-and-so, but it was John, not Kyle, or it was Kyle. Wasn't there a little bit of difference between the stories that got told like Thursday, Friday, Monday? I think it's clear where LaFleur is coming from is understandable, right? <laughs> Looking back, I, I, it's hard to blame him. I think every single human being in his seat, that LaFleur, that's the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, would have the same reaction. And if if Mike Silver is kind of what he's alluding to is really mad and thinks Kyle would have really fucked him if he could have teams piss each other off all the time. It's just rare that there's like this, like three team triangle FaceTime going on. Right. Teams well, get pissed I don't think it's that weird for the Niners and the jets to be t- bullshitting their friends. They're just like, you know, who are you going to draft messing with each other? Right. I'm just saying teams piss each other off all the time because I don't care. Right. I, I'll piss yeah, off another yeah, oh, GM. Yeah, I don't give a rip yeah, about yeah. him. Like Ex- this is, exactly. Yeah. This is this is bloodthirst. But um, but it's rare that there's like so many intertwined relationships in the whole thing. Right. And Mike about- LaFleur. How about Mike LaFleur? Kind of obviously Matt had vented to him big time and Sala, maybe. Sala's best man is wedding. I mean, I how this is a little off topic, but I mean, it's part of the thread. You know, what if they would have taken Trey Lance? What would the Niners have done? I know. Taking Mac Jones. Probably because Kyle, like obviously remember last year, even in mid COVID, uh, Adam Peters was at the BYU game. Once, you know, his momentum had kind of started the scouting staff had watched Zach Wilson, but had Kyle not wasted a minute on him. That would have been a desperate that, you know, I said this starting Sun, uh, yeah, the day after the draft. From what I'd heard, I believed it was not Justin Fields that was after Trey Lance. It was Mac Jones that Kyle would like. And I, this is where, you know, we spent so much time killing all the people who said they're drafting Mac Jones. And I've said this since the beginning of it. Like, you can kill all the people who said it's going to be Mac Jones if you want, but I don't think that's, I don't, I didn't think all that stuff was nothing as we look back on it. Like, I think Kyle liked Mac Jones. He did. And there's a lot of evidence that he did. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know. That's a great question. Like now would the scout would, would Adam Peters be right there with a booklet as thick on Zach Wilson as he had on Mac Jones going, I'm you only get you, 10 Kyle, minutes. Kyle, you got 10 <laughs> minutes. I'm telling you, if you were prepared to take Trey, then you should take Zach. 
That could have got dicey fast. <laughs> that could have got dicey fast. This is a little lesson now they don't have a first-round pick for a while. You know, Kyle, you do have some time between like free agency and the draft to just the main position. You might as well just do a little of this tape study. Maybe he just he falls in love. He just loves hard, so once he finds what he wants, he's all in. Yeah. The problem Maybe. is in the draft, if you're not drafting one, you never know what's going to happen in front of you. Yeah, I mean, if the Jets had not been the team drafting two, he probably would have had to do some more work, right? Maybe he felt a little comfortable with the Jets based on who was there. Well, I mean, if they're FaceTiming they him day of the draft, it's what we already knew. They are very tight with them. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, Robert Sala does owe Kyle a lot. Made him a defensive coordinator when no one else would have. First two years were ugly. Kyle stuck with him, changed his life, right? Not only made him a famous NFL human, then led to him becoming a head coach. Not that he didn't deserve it, but, I mean, you, you are tied to the person that kind of puts you on the map, right, In, at the highest of level, and, and then changes the fortunes of your, of your family. Right, yes. When, yes. when you're not, you know, I don't think they, if, if they were coaching at Miami and he was at the Jet, like, is that happening? It's, it's easy given the teams they're on, right? Joe Douglas, if you're Joe Douglas, do you love that phone call? Like, no. <laughs> what are we but doing again, here? that phone call was Mike McDaniel and Mike LaFleur. Yeah, I mean, it's those guys were probably so fired up. LaFleur, Mike LaFleur and Sala, they just done all their work. They got their first draft there in charge. Mike McDaniel, who called who? Mike McDaniel FaceTimes them just to mess with them. You yeah. know, they answer. They're having a good time. So it's wild. I mean, the, the part of this, too, is I, does it give us more insight? on Kyle Shanahan's mindset around the draft and how many irons were really in the fire for the 49ers. This silver thread, right? You and I have talked about this before. They wanted, of course, they wanted Aaron Rodgers. They wanted Matthew Stafford. You and I believe that wholeheartedly. I think the evidence is there. Kyle has basically said it, so I'm not breaking. I'm not Wouldn't you say, I mean, in, in fairness, that they wanted Aaron Rodgers beside like, Mahomes and Chiefs, like every team, if Aaron Rodgers reached out to them through the back channels, would have been immediately interested. Yeah, but I think part of the, don't you think part of this is a result of the way things played out after the 2019 season where they had a shot at Brady, didn't do it. And I wonder if part of it was like, look, Brady's the GOAT. Both these guys are younger than him, especially Stafford. And I think it, it again, like the Niners are in a weird spot and that Kyle really probably didn't want from the beginning to draft a quarterback and develop him. He wanted Kirk Cousins, plug and play, let's roll. Like, I don't have time for this. And he probably didn't want at the heart of it to like Trey Lance. To, we're seeing <clears throat> this takes time and it's no coach would choose to have a $25 million starter and a third overall pick backup and like juggle it this way. If they didn't have to, they would want one quarterback who does everything they want. Let's roll. Right. Well, wouldn't Aaron Rodgers be the would have trumped Matt Stafford, right? Obviously, that came that domino was after. He knows the offense, knows the offense, knows the terminology. Just won the MVP in the offense with some of his plays too. But Kyle would have, I'm sure, let him run some of those. It's a plug in. It's baseball. It's like I traded for a third baseman. I plug him in at third base, which is typically not normal. In quarterback situations, Favre was talking about it with the Mannings, how the terminology, you know, in different offenses oh, yeah. can change. And I, from what I've heard, for, you know, pretty good intel 
is that they they wanted Matt Stafford. Like, remember, that was something that we talked a lot about in probably late February, early March. That was not fake, you know? And, and you know, the Rams... And Deshaun. Remember Deshaun, too. And Deshaun, too. I and mean, that be, that went away. They wanted Matt Stafford, but they didn't get a chance to uh, counter the offer. And so once they got two picks, it happened with the Rams. And from what I was heard, Kyle was pissed. So it kind of put him into somewhat of a tailspin, which I think some of that led to the aggressive nature of them trading up. And I think it's pretty clear that when they traded up, you know, I, I didn't think this at the time, but finding out more information since, you're right. I mean, you've been saying this probably since the jump, like Mac might have been the guy. The problem is, and we talked a little bit about this, you could, or before we hopped on today, you couldn't have Mac Jones and Jimmy on the same team. It makes no sense. But Kyle refused once you make that big trade, you can't draft Mac and then have him sit behind Jimmy and be out all these first round picks. At least with Trey, it's understandable. He's this project. You're doing Mac, the whole thing was he's ready made. Hell, he might be better than Jimmy or the same as Jimmy, but you would have been stuck. And I understand Kyle, like, I'm not just fucking giving Jimmy away. Right. So you're just kind of in, in a tough spot. I actually think looking back why Kyle was edgy. Remember in some of those press conferences? Just because I think he was edgy from the way the Stafford thing happened, and then all of a sudden Deshaun is no longer available because no one can trade for him in that situation, he felt like, I might get fucked, right? I, well, I, and, and just be left with Jimmy. Yeah, when you think about it, right, what are the Niners in quarterback situations at this point? Let's talk through their batting average. Are they one for five? Like, he wanted Cousins, but they did get Jimmy. That was big. Well, so were they were we giving him misses. Remember, he didn't even watch Mahomes. Or yeah, Watson. I mean that's an offer. Then he missed. Deshaun Watson can't happen. Misses on Stafford. The Brady thing made the wrong choice. And Rodgers. So they're like over oh, their last four. Also, also listen. They landed Jimmy because Belichick called them. Yeah, but they, I'm just saying like that was that that was a quarterback thing that broke their way. Uh, it's not their fault that they couldn't get Deshaun. But like by the time to your point, you got to a few days before the draft. They were 0 for Brady, 0 for Deshaun, 0 for Stafford. Then he's like, what are we – am I really drafting a quarterback third and, like, doing this juggle with Jimmy? Like, I'm trying to – you know, I'm working two phones at the same time trying to trade Jimmy, but maybe I'll keep Jimmy depending on if I draft that quarterback or that quarterback. You're right. He might have just been stressed out of his mind. I think he was. Then the Rodgers things present itself. Well, think about this guy. He wanted Stafford. I have that on good authority from several people. I mean, that's obvious. It's not. I think he basically said it, right? Yeah. So think about this. Not only does he not get Stafford, Stafford goes to the Rams. That, right. I, I would say if Stafford had ended up. On kind of like, an inside job. Yeah, if Stafford ended up with the Colts said. or the Giants or some team that doesn't impact him directly as much, that had to rattle him a little bit. McVay ended up getting him. So maybe in his mind, back to the LaFleur conversation, like, hey, man, this is just fucking, there's. You know, this we're friends, but look at McVeigh. He got he knew I wanted Stafford. This is a war. We're this football. We're trying to win. You know? So the Rogers thing, like, listen, I didn't just he hadn't been on the top of our board, right? Because we didn't we just thought he's the reigning MVP. He called us. So they just got a little desperate in the draft, and we won't really know for years if this thing plays out. Because also the other thing Trey's gonna be compared to is the other quarterbacks of this draft. So uh, if they would add Aaron Rodgers if they would have been able to trade pick three and a future second and Jimmy to them or whatever, their team would have been the same just with Aaron Rodgers. So they would be better right now. I think if they would have been able to get Stafford for two first round picks, 
they would also be better right now. That's got to be part of the thing that pisses them off. They'd be like, better probably, right now with Stafford. Because the Rodgers thing was not really re- reasonable, right? The Stafford thing was, and they would have been better, but they couldn't get him, and the Rams got him, and they're 2-0. I actually think this is one of the biggest games Stafford's ever played in the NFL this weekend, don't you? At home, Bucks. I know it's early, but still. Yeah. Like, when's the last well, time he had be, a meaningful game? It'd be a much bigger, and it would, the significance of a win would be huge for him. You'd start talking about, can you guys especially, one especially if he throws three touchdowns and he's good. Don't you think that's got to be part of what pisses them off? Like anybody who's ever applied for a job and they see somebody else get the job and they go, no, look at my resume. My resume is better than that person's resume. And, you know, what you what you can't account for is sometimes somebody just wants to work with a different person than you, even if your resume is better. Like, no, we want this other person for maybe some reasons we can't say. Maybe there are things that come into it that we can't share. But that's that. Because Kyle had to turn to John Lynch and be like, what are these guys doing? Like, I could have given him Garoppolo. He's better than golf. We could have given him a better first-round pick than the one they got. Like, we could have given Detroit a better offer. And at the end of the day, Detroit wanted to deal with the Rams, not with the Niners, period. And they might look at it, what you said, Robert Sala owes Kyle Shanahan. Well, maybe the new GM of the Lions owes McVay and owes the Rams organization, right? Yeah. And he just – there was nothing that, that – the Niners could have offered 15 first-round picks. There was nothing they could have done. And that probably pisses you off. It's like, what are they doing? This is malpractice. I could have given them a better offer. But I think maybe if they would have offered something just outrageous, they probably would have been able to get them. But I think what really – they didn't get the chance. And when you feel like you don't get the chance, that's where it's like – and like you said, this is still a human business, and these two situations are dealing with people where they knew each other. So it it becomes – I think it's very easy to be in business. Like I know a lot of people in family businesses and it can get very challenging, right? Because everything is so personal. Like in our business right now, now we, you know, some of our advertisers now, we, you get to know better, but we've done a lot of advertising over the years with people we don't, I mean, big companies or whatever. It's not like, it, it's not human to human, really. It's just transactional. And it's just very black and white. You either produce or you don't. We stay on the pot. Like it's very easy. And I talked to some of my friends that have just worked. In, it can get very emotionally draining. I think these things, all these people are so interconnected that it becomes, it's more than business. You think you personally got fucked by people you know or people have relationships with. That's what makes it very, very complicated. Like, I think it's very easy for, like, Bill Belichick to do a deal with, like, the Minnesota Vikings, right? Or, you know, the companies to do other business. Like, it's just very transactional. And I think this thing with the more of Kyle's minions out and about that are running teams and they're all interested in the same players. Like the, the Kyle and Pete are a good example, right? They are, they're enemies in terms of the two teams they're on, but they have just the last four years been all over the same players. Like one of them cuts them, they bring them up. Seattle claims a bunch of guys, but it just feels like it's just business. Two teams, no hard feelings. They don't care about each other. But once you involve like McVeigh and even Sean talked about on the podcast, like, you know, it kind of sucks. We can't really talk during the season. Like he was my friend and now I can't even be friends with him. The only time I really get to bullshit with him is at the combine when we're having beers. But other than that, like, it's just, we're kind of forced to be enemies now. And they've just kind of become at peace with it. Now they've been doing it a little longer where I think the, the green Bay thing where you jump the shark, once you throw the curveball in, I mean, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Right. It's not just like I wanted, you know, Stefan Diggs or Jamal Adams. Like you wanted not just our player, you wanted basically our franchise. So screw you. My well, you know? my, my uh my life. My, my, yeah, my livelihood, Kyle. 
And you um, wanted to give me Jimmy Garoppolo potentially in pick three. Like, thanks. You know? <laughs> but as it relates to Kyle, I, I think he is he is now about to embark on something that he hasn't ever really done before, right? Like they which is develop a quarterback long. Just becoming Bill Belichick and everyone hates him. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. But developing a quarterback long term. I wouldn't mind Kyle just becoming a heel like that and just everyone hates him and just out for like they're the team that they're the dark. But I don't think know, he wants like Bill seems to like that. I don't think Kyle would like that. Kyle likes Kyle likes the you know, he likes getting on with McVeigh and just talking ball and talking shit. And I don't think he I don't think that's the best place for him to operate from. Even like though he's bronze one year in the heat where he didn't like being the villain. Yeah, I don't think that's Kyle. I don't think he would like that persona. I think Kyle likes being it's funny, he likes kind of being one of the guys, even though there are parts of him that are very kind of lone wolf. Um, but I think part of this now is he's now this is not part of the original plan. Trey Lance you is now part you provide of provide Tito's, he's there. <laughs> we hope this is he's had to adjust his plan and everybody does part of the deal but i think that's what's now interesting about the next several years is you can pivot away from garoppolo you can't really <laughs> they, it, they will <laughs> and you can't it's you can't pivot away from trey lance very easily right the well, cardinals you're... pivoted away from their first round quarterback but they happened to be they got the first overall pick and they pivoted right yeah. but that's the, not how it usually works for people but it's not. But it's not even possible. The Niners are out. You saw it with the Texans, right? Now the Niners are not going to be in that situation. But if things turn, you are without bullets in the gun for two years. Like that's. Uh, I I think you're just your whole franchise. Not. I mean, this isn't. This is clear. They're all in on this kid. Obviously, not necessarily this year, but just over the next two or three years. They're they're kind of. I mean, Trey could make Kyle's career. He could also derail it. I mean, there's no way around it. Well, and yeah, and and if if that's what happens, the seeds of that will be traced back to the offseason of 2020, this offseason, when they tried to get other quarterbacks and couldn't. And now sometimes John, you get lucky. Sometimes you're the you're the you're the Chiefs and you need the Bears to not draft the guy you like. You can tell everybody this was all part of our grand plan, but your grand plan fails if somebody else drafts the guy you like. Sometimes you need a, a bet to go off the board that you would have taken and you take a three-team parlay. And sometimes you need things that you thought were going to be best for you, like Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers, to not happen so you can draft Trey Lance. And you end up with the quarterback of the future. Well, one other domino here is, obviously, once Stafford goes to the Rams, Seattle already has an all-time great quarterback, and it's pretty clear Kyler's not bad. Like you, The pressure on your quarterback position in this division feels like it and then you watch Stafford with McVay you're like oh that works and you watch Kyler like has he improved you know it's like god damn this is this is tough yeah the quarterback play in the division I'd have to go division by division but I can't imagine Mahomes Herbert Carr's probably right up there up but there you know it's it's a tough I mean it's it's as good as it gets well yeah I mean Russell's a hall of famer uh Stafford, I think, could become one if he has like an unreal five-year stretch with the Rams. And Kyler's just a dynamic young star. So the pressure on Trey Lance is immense whenever he gets I mean, it's it. it's by far the most talented quarterback division. The, the two West, it, shockingly, these are the two divisions that we're talking about are the two best divisions. They're the two best quarterback divisions right now. And aren't there records? I mean, they have four of the, you know, like, all yeah, they're combined. The West is and uh, seven and one, and the a, the AFC West is six and two, and the NFC West is seven and one. So they're thirteen and three. 
And the Niners, who don't have the best quarterback in the division, are 2-0. Oh. Yeah. Right? Seattle, you probably would argue, has the best quarterback. They're 1-1. They one one. Yeah. So, Chiefs, Chiefs too. They're 1-1. One and, one. and the Chiefs also. Yeah, exactly. And they're 1-1. One one. Um, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about this incredible, incredible opportunity for all of you. We would like to talk to you about an opportunity to eat amazing Mexican food. Puesto, Mexican artisan kitchen and bar. First week on the podcast, we welcome them. Eric and Alex, they own the thing. They listen to the show. They're doing big things. Everybody that hears about Puesto that already knows about it, that we've had find out Puesto was advertising on the podcast, goes, oh, my God. Puesto? Seriously? From Southern California? Yes, but not just from Southern California, John. Well, there's one in Concord, and we're trying to get some dinner there next week. There's one in Santa Clara. So if you're going to the game this week, you could even hit it up before the game. Obviously, it's a night game, so hell, hit it up for lunch. Uh, get there early to tailgate, Puesto, right on your way. Type it in. It's right there. Inside the stadium, Levi Stadium, you know, it's this uh, thing Jed had built. Got to give him credit. Built that thing. It's hard to build things around uh, the Bay Area that it costs that much. Now, granted, he had Santa Clara fund him a little bit, but he has a lot of food in there. Puesto just happens to, I don't know, be in Levi Stadium. So you want to get yourself a taco? Here's where they're located, guy. Section 110 and Section 129. They have tacos galore. Go there and eat them. And when you do, here's like with Tito's, take a picture of your Puesto Taco if you're at the stadium and tag us in the picture. You can get the expansive taco selection at any of their locations. Over 500 tequilas and spirits available as well. In the stadiums, they got things like the chicken asada taco, which is the crispy melted cheese, the braised free-range, jidori chicken, hibiscus and chipotle. Tinga? Tinja? Oh. Uh, avocado, piña, habanero, pico. Uh, people are big fans. We hear of the uh, tamarindo shrimp taco. That's crispy shrimp. Tamarindo chili sauce. Classic guacamole and cilantro. Uh, the bang bang margarita is in Levi Stadium. The uh, puesto perfect guacamole is available to you. Oh, I mean the braised short rib taco, fantastic. They're also now brewing their own Mexican lagers, which you can get in their uh, in their restaurants. But, um. Handmade tortillas. Did you say that? Handmade, oh, that handmade day? tortillas. Yep. Handmade tortillas guy. Puesto founded in 2012 in La Jolla, California by a first generation Mexican American family. And um, then they just started doing work. They just started doing work. They got what they call the trophy tacos, the perfect margaritas. Oh, the filet mignon taco. I, I don't know oh. if that's in Levi's, but it's oh in any of their my locations. God, that sounds, I haven't eaten, I've had a, I've had nothing to eat all day. I'm starving. That the fried fantastic. fish and crispy shrimp taco. I love a good shrimp taco. They have those that, you know, they're, uh, if you go to Concord, you go to Santa Clara, get the shrimp tacos. It's, oh. I mean, look at this. They got potato taquitos, chicken taquitos, chicharrones. We got to ask um, them if they'll just give us, you know, just a couple hundred bucks to play with and let's just eat. <laughs> you know? Just spend several hours there. Yeah. Make it a bang bang all, at the same restaurant. All day. Just not even move. I'm in. Puesto, go check it out. Section 110, 129 if you're going to the game this week. 110, 129. Do it. All right. Send us pics. That's fantastic. Um, podcast also brought to you by DraftKings. Our friends at DK. It's this little thing called DraftKings. You might have heard of them. They're kind of a big deal. You go to the App Store. If you have an Apple iPhone, I'm sure the other the phones also have App Stores. And you go to this, you type in DraftKings. When you download the app, when you sign up, use the promo code HAM. 
we obviously have this little thing we call a daily fantasy league. We've been doing it now for over a year. Golf, right up until football season, and now we're in week three. We have a game going right now. If you're watching us on YouTube, it's linked below. Go get in the game. It's linked below. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I think I tweeted it out the other day. We'll tweet it out again Friday if it's not pulled up. Get in the game. It's really easy. They give you $50,000 to play with. Obviously, it doesn't cost $50,000. You just $10 to enter our game. But they give you a $50,000 salary cap. And then you just build your team within that salary cap. Every, you know, Mahomes might cost twelve grand, but you get like a, you know, a, a random guy like a Trey Sermon for thirty five hundred. You know, so everyone costs different. You put your team together. It's really easy. It's awesome. And then you try to win money. Yeah, uh, first place in our game this week wins uh, two hundred and uh, four hundred, four hundred, four hundred and fifty dollars. Um, you know, I could, uh, even put my lineup together right here, but, uh, you know, that goes against the rules. Oh, that's, there's a dummy lineup there. I'm not actually using that lineup with Savannah Ahmed at running back. That's just a, uh, dummy lineup. Don't be afraid. That's not my real lineup. I have $15,000 remaining on my dummy lineup. Anyway, um, you can also use the desktop. You can do the desktop as well, but just use the code ham. When you sign up, new customers get a free shot of millions. Scroll of dollars. down again. Oh, Let me see that lineup. Let me see. That you don't lineup. want this line. This lineup is not a real lineup. Again, not a real lineup. Okay. Not Lions defense lineup. against the Ravens, not a real lineup. This is just I plug one in in case somehow I forget to do it. At least I got something. So that's gotcha. my 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 uh, mo my modus operandi operandi operandi. Uh, promo code ham free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. By the way, on uh, YouTube, John Allen says any word from Hainer. Did Allen notice that we were constantly tweeting at Jake Hainer? <laughs> is that how we picked up on that? I think he did. did he we, hit him, we hit him from we hit him from every angle. I did. Was, was it that obvious? <laughs> uh, we were proud, you know, proud of the guy. I think all of the West Coast is proud of the guy. He's he represent because he does represent the Pac-12 and now a smaller school in Fresno State, which we have a connection to, and the Bay, Danville. Um, you know, his mom's broadcaster in the Bay Area. So yeah, I, I ended up DMing back and forth with him. And uh, told him, you know, he was a little banged up. I said, hey, take your time, bro. Get a big win. We'll follow up. He said, I'm in. He said he was in. So we're just expecting, you know, five touchdowns against UNLV. Keep it rolling. And then uh, head toward New Year's Six Day. I'm not trying to get ahead of ourselves. but <laughs> Ham ham live, New Year's New Year's morning from the uh, Marriott in uh, wherever the hell the game is. New Year's Six I don't game. know where they'd put the dogs, but they would put them in the worst New Year's Six It'd be game. like, uh, yeah, it'd be, it's always like, here's TCU for you. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, exactly. Something like that. Well, Hayner would light them up for five touchdowns. Right. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, give him TCU. I, Remember I when dare, they... Give him Georgia. I dare you. you want, everyone's talking about this Georgia defense. Let them see Hayner. How many touchdowns well, do you think Hayner could score against Georgia? Two? I mean, six. <laughs> I was, I was going to go two. Georgia's legit go. defense. Three. I'll give him could three. The, the dogs might struggle to block the front, so he'd have to get rid of the ball fast. I remember what it is. Allen says he sent him a DM yesterday. Al, that's right. We had said on the podcast, every send messages to Jake Hayner, public or private, and tell him you want him on the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast. That's what it was. We alerted him. He, Allen, he knew. good job. Keep it going. Just don't let him, you know, don't let him forget. Scouting Hayner from social media, I think he either tweeted it or Instagram. Just picture at a pizzeria with all of his offensive linemen. Just, I mean, teammate. You know, I watched this video. Somebody asked him, I don't know, maybe the beginning of the season, maybe in the ice, probably was in the offseason about NIL. Like, hey, man, what are you going to do? How are you going to make your money? And Hayner's answer was, well, I'm just focused on football right now. Um, so I'm not really going to – I'm just trying to focus on football. If something pops up that works for me, then I'll do it, but I'm going to donate the money. And he had like a, he already had like a couple charities in mind 
that he would donate the money to in San Francisco. I think maybe like a Boys and Girls Club in Fresno. Um, uh, 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 I, I think both charities he mentioned were actually, you know, like uh, low, children of low-income families, that kind of thing. So he, it was, I mean, okay, phenomenal. Just, Did I, you see the photo? So the mayor of Fresno, Jerry Dyer, who used to be the police chief. Yeah. Ball guy. Made, ball guy, made, buff, made like an honorary Jake Hayner. I think like Monday is like Jake Hayner day in Fresno. <laughs> so they gave him like a proclamation, you know, which is just, it's just like a certificate. And they had a photo of him holding the proclamation. And you could tell even he is like, he's wearing like this tattered green practice jersey. He's smiling, but it's not like a full smile. He's just not feeling himself too much, which is big fans of Jake Hanner. The whole package, John, the whole package. I, I, I think there is a little humility. Historically, there was a ton of pushback from transfer portals. I actually think nowadays the way guys are doing it, it's in the uh, what did the dude from Saturday Night Live? I'm the humblest. What was that guy's name? Oh, uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah, my, there my, is. My I think when a lot humblest. of these guys that I've seen transferring, it was not because I I, I have like this big false sense of self worth. It was like I'm just not playing here. I'm a good player, and you see it all around the. I'm noticing a lot of transfers when I'm watching them. I'm like, I'd want this guy on my team. Like I, I, I think it's changed a little bit from what it was perceived it was going to be. And I'm not saying Hayner's on the high end of the character. I think a lot of guys, though, are transferring and coming in with the right attitude and immediately making impact on Power 5 teams, on non-Power 5 teams. Like, I've been impressed whenever I watch a game. Washington Cal, I guess those schools probably don't do big on the transfer portal, huh? Their guys are leaving. Yeah, I mean, the quarterback that Jake Hayner thought he beat out at Washington was a transfer, Jacob Eason. That who's, was, their, who's their quarterback now? A Dylan Morris, he was one of their guys, yep. Chase Garbers, we know at Cal. No look past the other day. One of Use, UCLA's Cal running guy. back, that big dude from Michigan. Zach Sharp watch him, like, this guy's bringing it. A lot of portal. Hard, you know, I think to me the complicating thing about the portal is going to be, do you bring in a quarterback via the portal who believes that he's coming just to compete or are you promising a guy a starting job when he arrives? Because if you're promising a guy a starting job when he arrives, Andy Dalton style, and then it's clear he's not the best player did that just happen with Utah? We don't know. I don't know that they were that guy was promised the starting job, but that did just happen with Utah. And I can even understand it where, from where, Charlie where, Brewer, where, who would where was he coming from? Thousand yard passer at Baylor. Okay. <laughs> Here's his deal. He'd never redshirted. So as long as he played four games or fewer this year, he was gonna get another year of eligibility. But John, you know this. You have to make that decision before you appear in your fifth game. If you appear in your fifth game, you can't redshirt that year. So he left after three. He can still redshirt this year and play somewhere else next year and add another year. So I, as shitty as it looks, like, oh, this guy quit on his team. And from the inside, I don't blame them for feeling that way. I also understand him like, I'm going to sit on the bench. I might play two snaps in two other games, and now my career is done. Oh, he got benched? He got benched during their last game. Okay. So that's... Understandable. Here would be my thing, big picture on that that type player. Because I'd say historically, that type player is the thing coaches in college and like the NFL community always red flags. It's like, well, you transferred, you weren't good enough at a program that's not like they Trevor Lawrence is coming up the pipe, and now you're transferred again. So he's your classic, like he's going to be on three separate teams in well, three years. I'll give you another one, though, that has worked out. is San Jose State's quarterback, Brent Brennan, rising star, friend of the show. Brent Brennan was on the show. Nick Starkle had been at 
A&M, Mississippi State, then San Jose State. Okay. So but, but at least they've had, yeah, they've had, you know, pretty good quarterbacks. I think these places. things are so individual. It's from the outside. Yeah. It's always easy to be like, that guy got screwed or that guy's a jerk. And it's well, hard but the, but the But the Brewer one, like, he legit, he was named the starter, right? When the season yep. started? Named the starter. And then he got benched because he wasn't playing very well. Yep. And then left. Now there, it's weird fit a little bit. Like, when I think Utah, I don't think, like, transfer quarterback from Baylor. <laughs> not, like, him and Whittingham, I could just see philosophically thinking about football a little differently. Like, he wants to throw it. Whittingham wants to play, like, win the game, like, 20 to 15. <laughs> it's just a little... Yeah, the irony is they kind of spread the ball around in their first game. It looked pretty good. And Oh, that's what they were trying to, like, do? Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't working at San Diego State, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I'm not sure that the guy that replaced him is better, necessarily. But... Has been in the program for three years. People love him. Cam Rice. Well, the well they signed Charlie Brewer for a reason, right? They That's right. It was a huge upgrade. And, and it might have been that other people wanted Charlie Brewer, and so they had to promise him he'd be the starter. I don't know that, but 10,000-yard passers don't just appear in the portal all the time. The, the, you use the Andy Dalton comp. I actually think it's less crazy in college with a guy like Charlie Brewer to promise him he'd be the starter. I feel like that happens a decent amount with some of these transfer quarterbacks, right? Um. Yeah. Like, yeah, do you think Hay- do you what, think you think when Hayner got to Fresno State, they're like, you know, you got to earn the job. <laughs> they're like, no, you're the dude, bro. Um, but it happened with Burrow. I think, remember, I think, remember I think Ed Ogeron's a, like, I need you here. Yeah, there's a difference between like, hey man, I'm telling you right now, you come here. I mean, there's nobody's beating you out here. Yeah. Like, but there was like a competition at Utah in the offseason. It was not like they had a uh, quarterback competition, and he won it, and he and Brewer won it. Right, Jake Hayner understood probably. Jeff Tedford loves me, like. Yes, like this is. I guess know, the crazy part about Brewer, huh? Is like he's like cleaning out his locker. He's like leaving, right? Yeah, just got yeah. like Monday got benched. Sunday, <laughs> Saturday got benched. Monday told him he wanted out. Tuesday he cleared out. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's like no, I'm leaving. Like I'm no longer a resident here. Like, and you could be like, dude, classes. that was selfish. And he's be like, and he'd be like, well, would it be not selfish? I, so I should be not selfish. Just hang around and play out the last year of my career, and then never play college football again. That would as be Pat, as Pat Hill told me, or maybe he said this out loud. I don't know. As the story goes, I you don't even quite remember how it happened. The only one who truly cares about you is you. Hmm. Might have said that in a meeting, and I overheard it. I don't know, but in my mind, he said it to me. I, it's probably not the case, but I've been using it for like it a decade. People, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, John. Let's let's move on. Other things. This week, this week, the Las Vegas Raiders can improve to three and zero. And, you know, in all likelihood, will still be one of the two unbeaten teams in the AFC if they do that. They're playing the Miami Dolphins, who, full disclosure, I wanted to take the Raiders minus four as a lock of the week. Not wanted to. I shouldn't say that. Considered it more than you. Um, But I think in your defense, like the Dolphins, even though they've got some flaws offensively with their quarterback situation, they are a good defense. And this would be another, just like week one and week two, pretty impressive win for the Raiders. This is another team that people looked at, just like the first two teams they played, as a playoff team in 2021. They are missing one of their advantages, that they would have won the game if the guy would have stayed in last year, into a Tonga Vailoa. Tonga Vailoa! Who is not going to play this week. Who, uh, Espinosa, do you know that guy's like 6'5", 280? The guy that landed on him. I was like, no wonder you couldn't see Tua, because that guy is massive. So you might want to block the guy that's 6'5", 280, coming at your little quarterback. I I tweeted out earlier this week, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but not really. 
Who would the Raiders rather play? Jacoby Brissett, who, listen, he's not, you know, a great player by any means. He's an average starter at best historically, but he's played in a lot of games. He has a lot of experience, and he has won NFL football games where he has been the starting quarterback for multiple weeks back to back to back. Or Tua, who, before Espinosa landed on him, clearly looked a little bit over his head, who they personally had success against last year. So I, my first thought was like, that Tua injury, not ideal. Like, the if the Raiders could choose Tua or Jacoby, I think they'd choose Tua. Do you agree there? Um, Could be argued. Like, I don't think it's like black. Yeah, and I do like think Rogers, they would take Tua. Tim Boyle. I, the reason I would hesitate, the reason I hesitate is because I do think the Dolphins offensive line is in, the Dolphins offensive line has trouble. They're making a switch at left guard. That guy, Liam Eichenberg, that. We thought the 49ers wanted from Notre Dame is going to start at left guard. He had already started a left tackle because Austin Jackson week one was not back from the COVID list in time. And, uh, and then last week they had, they had a disaster on their hands when that the undrafted free agent, whoever the guy at right tackle from Idaho is couldn't uh, in fairness, AJ Epinesa is a very good player. Yeah. Very good player. But my point is, if Tua, if you thought Tua was athletic enough to get away from NFL pass rushers, you might think, you know what, uh, Max Crosby coming off that edge, I need a more mobile quarterback. Tua is more. Jacoby's a badass. Then Jacoby's a. That is Tua's the one thing that athlete. makes me hesitate. Is like when Max Crosby comes flying around the left edge, is Jacoby Brissett going to be able to get away from him? And you'd say, well, was Tua, would Tua be able to? The answer might be no on both accounts. So you're right. After thinking it through, I think they'd rather play Tua. On a big big picture standpoint, when the schedule came out, we thought, and I think most people thought beside Raider fans, the Raiders are probably staring at 0-2, right? I mean, the Steelers, even with Ben is now hurt. (laughs) He's got a pec injury. You see that? Uh, But he he, he was, he was, they hurt him. Uh, But definitely the Ravens game, even though it was at home, that was viewed as very hard. And it was, but they won it. And then obviously they won last week. And they're 2-0, and which is, to me, and I guess we talked about this earlier in the week, it's got to be one of the bigger shockers. Not that we didn't think the Raiders would be competitive because they, their offense had been really good, and if their defense just tackled a little bit, you know, they could compete to get to 10 wins. But to win those two games in this league, win or lose, no one gives a shit how you do it, who's healthy, who's hurt, who you played. Like, they beat Ben and they beat Lamar. And now they're staring at a team who's kind of reeling right now who has a legit fatal flaw. Because we've seen it. You just go back to Harbaugh's last year. When you have a fatal offensive line flaw in a tackle or just a, a key opening in your offensive line that you like, I would do anything to replace this guy. When I was in Philly my second year, Jason Peters tore his Achilles, at least what I was told, it might not have been the, in his kitchen. Uh, it wasn't good, and he missed the season. And we just had to get some random guy, but you, we couldn't replace him. And when you can't replace a really good player at tackle or can't find good offensive linemen, it ruins everything you have. Like, unless you have Rodgers or Mahomes, you cannot overcome it. And, like, even Mahomes, once they played a really good team in the Super Bowl, like, you can't overcome it. So, to me, if their offensive line is clearly, let's just say it, it becomes one of the worst units in the league. Like, it, we look back... At the end of the season, the Dolphins win six or seven games. And they go, we had a top, bottom five offensive line. That would be understandable why you suck, right? You cannot have a bad offensive line without an all-star quarterback and even and consistently contend. You just can't because too many teams like Max Crosby will kill you.
Yeah, and it might be that um, it, kind of the Andy Dalton theory, right? The explanation for starting Andy was the offensive line sucks. Put a guy behind it that at least maybe can make quicker decisions than a rookie. Two was not a rookie, but maybe in some ways you'd rather have, to your point, him back there because of that. But we're talking. But regardless of who you'd rather have, either way, I'd say the same thing. The Raiders should win this football game. Well, they're favored, you know, and I I think they should too. Now, the one thing to keep an eye on this week, the Dolphins' strength. Xavier Xavier Howard, who they inherited, they didn't, but he was already on the team. He's a really good corner, and Byron Jones, who they signed from the Cowboys. Like they just have a couple good DBs, and the Raiders' strength, I would say, through the first couple games, those two wide receivers that they drafted last year look pretty sweet, and it's actually like the perfect kind of ebb and flow. One guy's a big, strong kind of playmaker over the middle; the other guy's one of the fastest guys in the league. Like I mean, I I'm watching Edwards and Rugs and go, those guys are sweet. Well, when you got good DBs. Can you just neutralize him a little bit? Jacobs, he, I, last I saw it yesterday, he didn't practice. Like I, He might not play this week. So, you know, they signed Kenyon Drake to some money. He's a good player. But it just, if you can't throw the ball as consistently, now you always have Waller. Uh, you know, can the Raiders just win a low-scoring game? And I think eventually, you know, kind of like they did last week, right? It was just a physical, Derek made a couple plays, and that was really the difference in the game. I, rewatching... Because watching the Niner game, I wasn't as locked as on the Raiders. Derek made a couple throws that weren't like touchdowns or whatever that were just like, damn, that looked like Derek of the Musgrave MVP type year. He hit this one down like uh, just the seam to Renfro that was like he had a little time. Renfro was probably 20 yards down the field. Derek's probably seven or eight yards behind it. So it's a 30-yard strike. Whew! And Renfro kind of had to jump, and it was just like, that's a high-level fucking play. Yeah, I just Derek's got some mojo going. He's right done now. it now two weeks in a row. Just to let it rip, and you're like, God, this is the Derek that I remember when he's playing well. This is what it looks like. Yeah, he's done the he's done the wow. Only five other guys in the league can make that throw. Multiple throws in back to back weeks. Look, like Kyle, Dolphins, Kyle, Kyle would die to have Jimmy be able to do that. I mean, he just yes, doesn't. He, have would, the arm. he would do that trade right now. <laughs> the, yeah. the the Dolphins got a lot of credit for like. Sam Hinkie ain't it up. But the picks have to hit. And the offensive line thing's a problem. They drafted Jalen Phillips over Gregory Rousseau. Rousseau's got three sacks for the Bills. Phillips has played 40 snaps on the defensive line. Was he the concussion UCLA, Miami UCLA transfer, transfer, retirement (laughs) transfer. Yeah. Had played like six years, but was still young. It was kind of weird. Or was he old? uh, I thought he was like 24. He Maybe you're right. I, yeah, I thought he was like, how is this guy 22? He's been in college football for like seven years. Uh, Jalen Phillips, one spot after Leatherwood, 22 years old. Yeah. How about Austin Jackson? I mean, I remember that being pretty like, whoa, it, didn't see that was. one coming, right? Because that was a developmental pick, but very high. It took him like 19. It's like, what are we doing here? So this is another one where it's just a full credit win. And then guess what? The next week, the Raiders play another team that is just a full credit win. The L.A. Chargers in L.A. If you had to pick one of these next two games to win, you would clearly pick the Charger game because it's a divisional game. And I don't think Miami is going to compete to win the playoffs as currently constructed. Right. But that's not the way teams like, well, I want to win this week and I want to win next week. It is, if you start 3-0 and going into that game, regardless what the Chargers do against the Chiefs, that game will be pretty hype because like the whole storyline will be like, are is Gruden and the Raiders for real? 
And I think the answer would be, I don't know how good their defense is. Baldy, I saw tweeted out a couple days ago, a picture of, you know, the uh, all 22. And the safety they drafted from TCU was just, you know, way back, right, where a safety would be. Jonathan Abram was basically a yard behind the linebackers. And Baldy was like, you can see the Gus Bradley influence right here. The dude is up closer to the line of scrimmage. And it was like a quick out route from Ben to either Juju or one of the wide receivers. And Abram was just close. And it was, boom, he fucked him up. And he caught the ball. But it was like, Baldy's like, this is why they went to this defense. If you can resurrect and make Jonathan Abram a productive player, which he has not been because he's been such a uh, such a big hole, right? He's been giving up so many plays. If he can just help you win, that's a huge element. They They do need to... To me, though, for them to really be successful, Jacobs is a, a blue chipper for them, right? Like, when they play games and Jacobs is healthy, he's always one of the better players on the field. Right, yeah. So, f- to me, for them to maximize their ability, because ultimately their defense, while playing much better, still is not, you know, the 85 Bears of personnel. But their offense, when healthy, can be. Because Jacobs a blue chipper, Wall is a blue chipper, Derek's playing like a pro bowler, and those wide receivers just have... Renfro's a big-time slot guy, and the other guys, one guy has size, and the other guy has elite speed. Like, that is a pretty unreal unit, skill-wise. It's pretty, I would call it even complete. It's, Kenyon it's Drake complete. is your backup running back? I mean, that's it's a complete. pretty low, yeah, it's complete. It's complete. I mean, it's it's complete. It has no holes. Hater. You're the hater. Um, you know, I like, I've heard a few coaches say this. I'm sure you have. I don't ever want to hear in a meeting about what a player can't do, right? And to me... What you just described with Jonathan Abram it's like, is... Hey, coach, you can't run. So, I, don't, I mean, what, what do you so want we me to put him you? by the line of scrimmage and we make him a middle linebacker? Yeah, can't run is a problem. But in other words, like, he's on our team. So, how are we going to put him in position to succeed? Not just this on our team. Bring... We invested, you know, Amari into him. We invested, yeah. So, that's a positive. Yeah, Amari, I forget to mention you. Good, good point. Uh, you know, they're in a position that few other teams are. And you saw this the other day, and and we were going to talk about this the other day, but we're getting to it today. The odds of the last remaining unbeaten team, there aren't many left through two weeks. The Niners, the Rams, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Raiders. That's it. Now, we know the Rams or the Bucks will lose this week because they play each other. These odds are a little off to me because, I mean, these are the odds, but they don't make much sense because the Niners play the Packers, who are, I mean, they do have Aaron Rodgers and a really good team. The Cardinals play the Jags. So this was on DraftKings Sportsbook, but that to me feels like much better odds. I, I think, I don't know if it's just because the Niners, you know, are a public team. I don't know. It doesn't quite make sense to me. I actually think the Raiders, now, you know, ultimately the Dolphins. Remember last year they did they didn't have wide receivers. This year they got Waddle and Fuller's back. I mean, they do have still have good players, and they are a. I know they just got their ass kicked, but you saw Week One like they can be feisty. I mean, hell, they won ten games last year with this coach and a lot of the same personnel. So it's not. I mean, the Raiders could lose this game because if I told you when the season started they start two and zero, that would be a win, right? Just big picture, like it would suck to lose this game, but any Raider fan would have signed up for two and one. 100% when the season started. 
Yeah, I mean, Gruden's always talking about quarters. So if you could be three and one, um, you know, you're not planning four and zero oh at any particular time. But for those of you that are only listening to this, the Niners the favorites at plus two seventy five, then the Bucks at plus three hundred, then the Rams at plus four hundred, then the Panthers and Broncos at plus six hundred, then the Raiders and Cardinals at plus one thousand. And I think for me, the question is, are, are this team we've been watching, is that the Raiders? Because if that's the Raiders, then they, they're better than the Dolphins and they might be better than the Chargers. Well, and it's going to turn into a home game, right? That'd and that's going to be a home a game. Of, a lot of silver and black. Like to me then, I think they're better than one, two, three, four, five, six, the next six teams they play. Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, Broncos, Eagles, Giants. Now you don't, not everybody, you be, you don't just beat the teams you're better than and only lose to the teams better than you. We know it doesn't work like that. But I'm with you. Like they would be the the value here. One thing, whoever wins between Tampa and LA, that team is going to be feeling pretty good. I think on the power rankings, like if one of those two teams wins by 10 plus points, it would be hard to not put them number one, right? Yes, you Tampa agree would that you have to put whoever one. wins that game number one. Yeah, and if the Rams win, and I think it's fair to say if they win, Stafford would probably look good. They would be feeling pretty good. So if the Niners can beat the Packers, all of a sudden one of those two teams is a lock to be undefeated, right, because they play each other. So then if the Niners win, like they, they're just kind of keep and serve with whoever the other one is. Now, I think you'd rather the Niners would choose. They want the Bucks to win. We'll just deal with the Bucks later. We don't play them, but like we can't control what they do. We want the Rams to lose games. Yeah. So they'll yeah. be rooting for the Bucks. And if you're the Raiders, even with the Broncos, I mean they're they're just not going to lose. I would say if they lost to the Jets, that would be a that'd be the biggest upset so far this season, right? Clearly, ten point home, you know, mile high. All of a sudden, Zach Wilson wins. That'd be pretty crazy. I have a hard time seeing the Broncos losing this week. Um, I do too, except for, I, you know, again, I think their ceiling is low, but as of recording this, the Panthers, I mean, are huge favorites against Davis Mills is a long neck. See that picture of him? I didn't Next notice year. it. I've seen him many times until I saw the side by side with Mike Glennon. Davis Mills is just a big ass guy. He's big. He's really big. Um, I going, looking at this, just the exercise, you start looking ahead to schedules. I think I'll state the obvious probably, but. The battle for the one seed and the only first round bye we had it last year. I think as time goes on, I feel like we didn't fully give that the credence it deserves last year. With as crowds, t- it's going to be big, right? It, yeah, with time as time goes on, it's just to me it's going to it's going to feel or at least it should feel a little bit like once we start recognizing it, the way we talk about the college football playoffs so early in the college football season, right? Cuz you just start looking at well, the one seed, it could come down. The, the one seed could be determined this weekend between the Bucks and the Rams in the NFC. That first round bye, right? And yeah, it's I mean, a long they season. Have to, they have to handle their business in other games. Well, exactly. There's a million things that it's just the road, there is no room for error when there's only one spot that you're battling over. I, I, I would agree. Game. I would agree with you that home field advantage is going to feel dramatically different this January than it did last year, right? And the, I mean, the Bucks went into New dramatic. Orleans and won. Yeah. How about the buy? Just the one buy. That's crazy. I don't so, totally love it, but if it was my team, I would love it. Because <laughs> uh, you might beat the Ram- you might beat the Bucks if you're the Rams. Then you play the Cardinals. Then you play the Seahawks. It's like, all right, well, the NFL truly just doesn't care either way, right? Just more teams, whatever. Just make more drama. You just can't rest. There was no rest. Yeah. No, you're right. They just 
More teams, more drama. More, if you more said, money, like, yeah, less we'll problems. Get, we'll get rid of the buy. Like the, none of it matters to them. More money, less problems, John. Do you see the taunting yesterday on Twitter? Tomlin was asked because he voted yes for taunting. Like he was for with the people that wanted taunting to go away. To go away, he pre- voted. Sorry, be clear. He voted. He, he voted for this new taunting rev, uh, rule. He was for it. Okay. You know, penalizing gotcha. that stuff. And he said yesterday, he said, not only did I vote for it, I still agree with it. And, and they asked him, well, it hurt your team last week or one of these weeks. He's like, well, yeah, they better figure it out because it's not going away. And it was clipped from, you know, like a Steelers blog. The NFL account retweeted it. Because <laughs> I was like, who retweeted I was like, the NFL. <laughs> they retweeted it. It was genius. You know, this guy who's supporting them and a coach who got penalized for it said, well, it's on my guys. They better figure it out, and they better figure it out fast. Yeah. What What is the thinking here? Because it is a victimless crime, right? But does it waste time? What, what, like, what is it that Mike Tomlin doesn't like? It's just an evidence of an undisciplined player? Uh, one is just headline I read him? leads to fights, even though we have not had historically many fights. So I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like, I don't. I mean, I get it if you're a coach. Like, I just don't want my guys acting like that. It's co- things coaches have said for for. Well, what are the things? Like, if I'm if I'm running and you're ten yards behind me and I do the peace sign, that's taunting stuff like that, right? That's what they're is, is penalizing that now. Yeah, that's it's stuff like that. How are they administering that penalty? Is it a live ball penalty? Like, yeah, if I do peace sign while I'm at the five yard line before I in college, maybe I'm speaking that, out of turn. I don't know if that's the case. If, okay, in if, college, the main one was like looking over the guy right and doing that. Yeah. In college, if you burn me for a touchdown. And you're at the five yard line and you like point at me and they throw a flag for taunting. You do not get the touchdown that you score. And Where's it's 15 the ball yards from the spot of the penalty. So if you call it at the two yard line, we go to the 17 yard line. Yeah. Have you called a game where that happened? I have not had that happen. No, I've not seen it happen. I think I've would seen they, it happen once. I feel like the coach would kill the player. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it came in a few years ago and you almost never see it. It's like the players know. I've seen a couple that it's like if the ref wanted to throw that flag, they could have. Like One thing. Line. In my time in football, which feels like decades ago, I vividly remember Coach Hill used to do this in college because the rules change in college, just like they do in the pros. They're just not like, it's not like a competition committee and the coaches are involved. It's like a governing body or whatever. The referees come in, they hammer it home, and then you do periods in practice. It's no different in the NFL. They, How many times do you think in training camp, in every facility, this came up? Once every other day? I mean, it yeah. was... It's, these things are hammered home. Now, in the heat of the moment, sometimes you just... I don't think guys consciously go, fuck it, I don't care on this one. He, and you're like, oh my you're, God, I'm going to get killed. You're DJ Reed, you're step-for-step step with Julio Jones. You make a play on Julio Jones? You were cut like two years ago. And you just yell at him because you guys have been talking trash the whole game. That's the thing. It's like most of these things don't just come out of the blue. It's no. a continuation of what happens through the whole game. Um, Michael Anderson on YouTube says, Bucks will be the last undefeated team. Their division sucks. They do play the the Bucks play the Patriots on October third. Get ready for that. Then they play the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Bears, the Saints. Yeah, I mean so the, they're so the Patriots or I mean the Bucks get a bye and then they play. The but no the Bucks this week is the twenty sixth, so the third is on schedule. Oh, uh, the week third four. is next Sunday. Okay, got next you. Sunday is the, so yeah. I mean, look, this that's, you could that's argue Sunday, that's Sunday night football, right? Sunday night football. Yeah. <laughs> That a pretty big moment in football history. It's as big as it gets. <laughs> um, you could argue that this is the best team the Bucks will play all year. I mean, maybe the the Bills. 
but uh, the Bills game is at home for Tampa. This so is, you could argue this really might not influence home field because the Bucks are going to be able to rack up wins while the Rams yeah. are battling it out with Seattle, the Niners, and Arizona. Right. They're like, oh, we get uh, – I guess the Panthers we'll see tonight could be okay, but they're not on the Bucks level. The Saints, I saw a great meme. It was like uh, – it was a tombstone, and it said, Jameis's MVP candidacy. And it was like, week one, dash, week two. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. That's pretty good. That was good. <laughs> I think it, it had the specific dates, you know, of the two that's games. But it good. was like, that's a good one. Uh, all right. The um, Oh, before we get to Justin Herbert, John, let's tell the people about Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM right now. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. Get you 20% off and free shipping. No one wants to see a mess down there. And here's the thing. That's why they created the Lawnmower 2.0, the Lawnmower 3.0, and now they have the Lawnmower 4.0. And the performance package, as you see here if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening, we've told you all about it. The Lawnmower 4.0, the best of the, that they've ever created. It's got, didn't you say a wireless charging ability? That's right. I mean, I don't even, I know that's humanly possible, but I mean, it just shows you technology. Well, you that's dock what, it, you dock it. That's what Manscaped is operating under. And then also the nose hair trimmer that comes in this package. Guy got sent one. I got sent one. We both got nose hairs. Older you get, it feels like the longer they get. Hmm. And you do not want to use tweezers. You use the nose hair trimmer and they go away. So you can shave your, uh, your, your man region, your balls, and you can trim your nose hairs all in one, uh, you know, in one operation, all because of manscaped.com. Promo code ham, 20% off, free shipping, no big deal. Lawnmower 4.0 John has a 4,000K LED spotlight. Okay. So when you're oh. escaping prison and you're in the tunnel, you're like, I'm about to reintroduce myself to the world. I can't come out here all bushy. Let me, let me clean up before I hit the river. And, wade my way through the the sewage whatever the circumstances are though stealth a little stealth trimming um manscape.com promo code ham promo code ham unlock your confidence as always use the right tools for the job with manscaped 20 percent off and free shipping go get it butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year you get salmon chicken breast or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at GameTime. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called GameTime. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. 
never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Big week for Justin Herbert. You know, we've been talking about Justin Herbert since before the NFL draft. We both watched every game he played at the University of Oregon, and it was clear very early on that he had extreme NFL talent. And one of the reasons it was so important, you advocated for him to play right away last year before Tyrod even got hurt. I thought one of the reasons it was so important hurt hurt would be one way to put it. Yeah, before they injured him. (laughs) Um, But one of the reasons I thought it was so important last year for any rookie quarterback to play ultimately was it was such a unique opportunity to be able to play in not 100% NFL environment. You weren't playing in front of crowds, but now you are. Now you are. And Justin Herbert isn't just playing in front of any crowd this year. Justin Herbert is playing in a divisional game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in one of the greatest environments in all the sports, Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, I mean, if you look at last year, you know, it doesn't really count, and he was awesome just because of the no fans. Week one was a big game and a big win, I'm sure, in a raucous environment with a football team. You know, that they, they were feeling themselves. They thought they had a playoff-level team. That was loud. To me, this is on a completely different level. You're playing the multiple back-to-back AFC champs, Super Bowl champion two years ago, and a divisional game. And I am i don't quite feel – it's weird with the Chargers, right? Like there is legit hatred 
Chiefs, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, back and forth, right? Those rivalries feel real. The Chargers are kind of in it, and it does feel natural when they're all playing the Chargers, but the hate I don't feel is there, right? Like in the when I was in the NFC East, you hated the Giants, you hated the football team, who the Redskins at the time, and the Cowboys. Like they all four, like we're all enemies, right? The Chargers just kind of involved. They feel like they're in it. I do think it gets added to another level when they're good. And when we were younger and the Phillip Rivers was really young, remember some of those LT, low Neal teams? That was like, they were kicking everyone's ass. When they're bad, no one really, just like, oh, let them be. Those little fun chargers, cool little powder blues. The Chiefs guy are coming off, I would say, one of their most devastating losses under you know Andy Reid since he's had Mahomes as quarterback just because they were kicking their ass. And it's it's one thing to just lose a, a random game where a team comes back on you. It is a foe for them, right, in Baltimore. This is a team they're going to probably have to see again, potentially. And it's a, just another player who is on your level who just single-handedly made your defense look pretty terrible. It's a heavyweight um, fight. And losing heavyweight fights usually has a physical toll. Yeah, it sucks. An emotional toll. I think one of the reasons, as I was talking with a buddy on the Chiefs, he's like, we just, I mean, we missed, if you, when you watch the all 22, missed a million tackles. So it's this team, like Herbert doesn't, like Lamar created that. To beat this, like for Herbert to go into Kansas City and win, he'll have to throw for 350 yards. Lamar ran for 100 plus. And it was just down the stretch, first down after first down, touchdown, touchdown. It was crazy. I honestly, that second half, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that from a running quarterback in the league. That was stupid. So that's not going to be the case with Herbert. Now, can he just slice him and dice him? Well, the Chiefs are like, okay, they, they've never been a defensive-oriented team. Our guy will just throw for more. So can you outduel Patrick, right? Who, on his standards, and this is, once you become on his level, like that was a down game for him. He was still pretty good. Like most players would sign up for that, what he just did against the Ravens. But he's going to come out, and that team is going to come out to try to put up about 35. And maybe they don't quite get that, but I saw Bosa was kind of dinged up. It's hard to tell once the season starts with some veteran players. Like, are they giving them a couple, easing them in, and then they end up playing right. on Sunday? Right. You know, it's, 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 it, you never truly know till Sunday with position guys, especially line, defensive linemen. But I do think Herbert, for them to win this game, he's going to have to play like Patrick Mahomes, which he has before in empty arenas when he was throwing three or four touchdowns and set the rookie. I just It's going to be tough. That place is going to be loud. Well, look, when we start talking about you like... It'll be the loudest game he's ever... I guess he played that Auburn game, huh? But that was Jerry World neutral site. I don't know that that was, you know, there were Oregon fans there. Because the loudest place he's ever played in would be his home place, and that was always pro. And their crowd is great. They're very quiet when your team has the ball. He doesn't have to do this? He doesn't have to do that on the goal line, Nate Peterman. Um, Dare to, dare to. When we start talking, when, 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 when you're on the path to be great, winning matters very quickly. And remember last year, Justin Herbert, literally his first game, he got on the map with the way he played against the Chiefs. He played really well on last second notice against Kansas City and lost 23 to 20, but he played really well. And that was the story of the year. The story of the year was the Chargers could not take advantage of having this great quarterback and have it translate to wins. So they changed coaches. And now the conversation changes a little bit. Like, all right, we think you're elite. You and I think, I mean, it's clear it, 
anybody could watch him and go, most guys don't look like that. I wouldn't say he's elite yet. I would say he has elite, elite talent. Skill. You, he has yeah. elite talent. Yes. We think you can be that. Does it translate to wins, right? With the Bills, and Josh Allen constantly gets used as the example because it just one year built on the next year, built on the next year, bam, let's roll. And what happened coming into this year now? It's like, all right, Buffalo, like, are you really a contender? Like, are you I, really going to take the next step? Saw a headline this week, Josh Allen, like, I haven't played well. We all know it. This was the big, I thought one of the big storylines coming into this year was there are people shorting Josh Allen because last year was so historically great. Like, did he just have the best year of his career last year? It doesn't matter if he does, if the Bills go to like, you know, four AFC championship games in the next 13 years or whatever pick the numbers, right? If they just win and they're true contenders and you watch them and you think that team can win in the playoffs, then it's fine if he just had the best year of his career. Because ideally your quarterback doesn't have to just carry you every year. But can you win games? And this is one where, you know. They have, I, to, a little, they have to a little more once you start making $43 million a year. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That, Which that's, Allen got paid that way. Mahomes got paid that way. Herbert's going to get paid that way. Yeah, that's where you can really take advantage. And I do think there's pressure if this kid's going to be not Mahomes, but if he just becomes Josh Allen, you have to at least in the bills, they got to an AFC championship game and they made the playoffs here before. Like they've been having success to not make the playoffs. When you have this rookie quarterback, who's clearly pretty talented and it's not going to be made or break or broken this weekend. Cause you're on the road against Kansas city. Even if you want four and two in the division, this would be a lock. One of your losses, right? You're just, you know, most, what are the chances that Kansas City goes 3-0 and in the division at home, right? Denver, Kansas, uh, Chargers, Raiders. Like, they're going to be favored in all those games. Now, remember last year the Raiders won at Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, their but defense isn't great. I mean, they could their, definitely their just Their defense lose is not good. Their defense the is not good. No. Frank Clark is MIA. Uh, they don't have, beside Chris Jones, and the front seven's not great. Their best linebacker is a rookie. You know they're just they're just not that good on defense. But we're they haven't they would say we haven't really been good on the defense the last couple of years. We just need to play okay because our offense is elite. And I'd argue, well, well, you won the Super Bowl. Your defense was improved over the previous year, right? Yeah, and it got it was really good down the stretch. So I I do think there is some, you know, just chinks in the armor for a powerhouse squad, which they have the ultimate trump card. We have the best quarterback every time we play take the field, and as long as Hill and Kelsey are there with them, we like our chances, and they should. Right, the but Chargers. Like, this would be, this could be an early moment. Remember, Mahomes had some early moments in his career, where it's like Jesus. <laughs> you know, I remember his first game as a true starter was at or I mean on the road against the Chargers at Home Depot, and it was like, what the fuck is this? And then it just, and he did it against fans. That's where I think. Some of the antennas are out on Josh Allen last year, historic year, no fans. Uh, Herbert last year, unreal, sets this record, even though records are going to keep falling with young players, right? It's just, it's That's a little what you inflated. would say if you don't think Baker's good, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, so, he broke uh, Baker's record. But even Baker's was inflated. You know, it's like, no, okay, I know, I know. I, look, I'm not expecting Justin win, Herbert. I, I think he could have a great game and earn a bunch of respect, even in an L. That's at like they lose 35 to 30, and he's awesome. Like, okay, we we got a chance. No doubt, no doubt. But Justin Herbert's the quarterback of the Chargers for many more years. Do they have their coach? Like, winning games is going to determine if they have their coach. Because Anthony Lynn's staff made Justin Herbert look great, and that didn't get them any anything. They got Anthony Lynn the job as Jared Goff's offensive coordinator in Detroit. 
right? So um, it it like they have their quarterback. The question now is, do they start winning games and do they have their coach? The Browns, credit to Baker, he fought through the muck to get to Kevin Stefanski. Now they got it figured out, right? So like that's, do they look like they belong from a, just does their team look like it belongs? We think it should. There's no reason for it not to. But now it's a Brandon Staley thing because ideally you got a great defensive coach. He can win you some games where Herbert's not great. Like, yeah. And they got good defensive players. So it's like, you know, as long as Bosa and Derwin James is on the field, they should be really good. I mean, part of the reason you hired him, right, was because you thought he was a good coach. But defensively, he was elite with the Rams. And he's a Fangio guy. He's viewed as one of the better defensive minds in the league. Remember, Riddick told us of all the guys he talked to, Brandon Staley was like a genius. Right. I had a buddy that worked with him. was like, yeah, he's really, really smart. And you just hear him talk. He can be a little cheesy for me. But it's just, I maybe it's just him. I think sometimes I have to catch myself. Like, is this guy being cheesy or just who he is? You know, it's a, it's a battle. Like, Russell Wilson, maybe it's just kind of who Russell is, you know? Because I, I saw him give this talk about his mental coach that died. And it was like, you know, he just, I, I just think some people Trevor are just Moet. different. Yeah, just different maybe than me or you or whoever. We're all just kind of different. I just think sometimes when you're not a cheesy person, you see cheesy, you just expect this guy's a fraud or this guy's faking it. Is it and real? Maybe, yeah. maybe Brandon Staley is just being true. That's just who he is. Some guys yeah. are just, you know. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's just pressure Anytime that you get, especially when you inherit this, like he got a, that's a pretty good job, right? I mean, that's like looking back, like Jacksonville's a good job because you had the number one overall pick and this high prospect, but the job itself was pretty shitty. Team sucks. You don't have much talent. It's, it wasn't even close. We talked a lot about this and clearly he wasn't interested and maybe the chargers weren't interested in paying him. What would you guess Urban Meyer makes like $12 million a year? But he makes a lot, right? Whatever the Jags paid him. You think it's 12? I was going to guess 12, yeah. Like five for 12 or something. Yeah, I, I, I would have guessed like nine, 10. Because his leverage would be like, yeah, I don't really want to do it. And they were somewhat desperate to just get some like a name. And it shows you how that works out. It doesn't automatically work. But yeah. Brandon Staley's much cheaper than... He definitely doesn't make as much as Urban makes. But his situation... I always heard Urban didn't want to be in LA. Like I do think location it made. Yeah, a lot for, of sense for sure, for, for sure. So it's like, hey, we'll give you nine and a half. No state income tax is the same as if they would have paid you eleven or twelve. Yeah, but this is an opportunity for Brandon Staley to like change his career. I think it turned out once McVay got to the Rams, like, whoa, we got Aaron Donald, Goff, Gurley. We then we draft cut. Like we were kind of we signed Robert Woods. Like we put together a team immediately, and I was just ready. Some teams. Take, like Gruden got there, took he had to do some moving and shaking. Kyle had to like set it. Every team's a little different when you inherit it. Lafleur with the Packers, when you do get the opportunity, you do kind of got to strike because then that builds up your equity with your whether well, Chargers is really have fans, but but like with the guy that pays you, mm-hmm. and it can lead to like a longer career and, it, and them help you go through some of the shittier times. I also think it's good with a young quarterback to take pressure off of their careers early. And just let them know, like, you're in a good spot. You don't have to be perfect every week. Like, we're supporting you. I think that's important for a young quarterback to understand. Like, it's not de- my job. you with a defense or just with, with a defense the- and with an organization. Like, it's not my job to go throw four touchdowns, no picks every week. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just, that's a lot of pressure every week when you're playing Alabama every week, in the words of Urban Meyer. 
that's just a lot. Like, I, I don't think if you're a quarterback, you should not step on the field thinking, I have to be perfect today or else we lose. Would, and that's kind of what it felt like last year with, with, <laughs> with Miami. You think Deshaun Watson thinks his teammates remind him of playing Alabama? They, that's who they lost to week one, the Texans. He's like, Vic, we're playing Alabama every week. I was like, you played the Texans week one, bro. <laughs> you didn't just play the Packers in Seattle back to back week. Even Vic's face was like, yeah, man. Yeah. Vic kind of laughed like, <laughs> Vic got, to me, Vic kind of laughed like, yeah, bro. Welcome to the league. Yeah. And I'm one of the Nick Sabans when it comes to defense. That's probably what Vic's thinking. It's like, I've yeah. been running circles around offenses my whole career, man. Hey, man, I've been here for 30 plus years. Welcome, welcome, to, yeah. welcome to the show, champ. I think he's thinking like it's not just the players; it's there's more Nick Sabans, and I'm one of them. That's what Vic's thinking. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the Nick. Your ass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna shut you down, man. But you, you just you get just the like opportunity Nick, to. But here's the thing with the head coaching opportunity in the NFL, probably more than college. You get your shot. You never know when your shot's gonna come. Vic Arians, we've seen some recent ones. Vic Arians and Zimmer were guys that had incredible resumes that were so highly thought of, but didn't get their shot till late. And Zimmer struck, right? He got to Minnesota and they were just pretty good. Arians was awesome, right? In Arizona. Fangio. I never thought Fangio was going to get a job. I, I, no, I don't think most people did. And it was tough. They didn't have a quarterback, but you watch the Broncos. They were never a joke. Like it's clear he's not over his head. But now I think it's the first time where you can kind of see Vic like, okay, I have at least a team that I can win with every week. Brandon, you know, you will get looked down upon if you screw this up because people are going to go, that's a pretty good situation. Look back at Mark Jackson. You know, whether, remember when he got fired and Joe was like, there are 200 people in this building. They literally had 200 employees and he said everyone hated him. It was like, oh, that's not a good sign. But that's not ultimately what did it. What did it was, Kerr came in, it was like, same players, boom. 67, 70 wins, championship, another they lose in seven. It's like, is this like the greatest team of all time and this guy couldn't win much? And it was a reflection of you. And he has this opportunity. And who knows, maybe this team's overrated or whatever, but I think most people in the league would be like, that's a pretty good chance. Like you, yeah. And not to necessarily, he has to win this week with Herbert, but... You know, to go 10, and, like you miss the playoffs, but you better be 10 and 7 and miss the playoffs, right? And you make the playoffs, and now you got a lot of equity. A ton of equity with that franchise. Real quick, John, because we like to do this on this day, we don't need to talk about every game, especially the ones that suck, but you want to rattle through the schedule real quick. Dun, 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 dun. Sunday schedule. This is always John's favorite part of the show. Arizona at Jacksonville. Just we can do five seconds on every game. Let's see if we can pull this off. Arizona at Jacksonville. Be a bad L for Arizona, John. Yeah, you got to win that game. We almost bet. We almost took the Jags plus two ninety in that game. Colts Titans, fascinating game. Two What's words: Brett Hundley. What? He start. He might start. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley. Who does he play for? Uh, the Colts. Might where did Jacob Eason go? What happened to Sam Ellinger? Uh, they they split reps. I don't know where Ellinger is, but Brett Hundley is the Colts. Brett Hundley. Let's go. Uh, Ravens Lions. Obviously, we're interested in that game. Football team Bills. Football uh, Bills are minus seven and a half at home. That's just. I love that game, potentially, but I could also see myself hating that game. If, yeah, you'll hate that game. If Heineke. Uh, Saints-Patriots. This is just elite coach matchup right here. I could see Jameis throw seven picks in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Payton, Sean Payton might. Taysom could be starting by week five at this pace. Chargers-Chiefs, we talked about that, as did we did on Falcons-Giants. Uh, Bears and Browns, give me high fives. Uh, Justin Fields making his starting debut. 
I hope I hope he survives. Miles Garrett is going to be chasing him, guy, and I don't think they can block him. Uh, Bengals Steelers. Bengals are plus three in this game. Is is uh, Roethlisberger playing? Is Roethlisberger? I mean, he's injured. He hates his offensive coordinator. Who knows? Those games are all, have always been pretty solid games. Dolphins Raiders. We talked about Jets Broncos. We talked about Bucks Rams. We talked about Seahawks Vikings. This game, it was a two. It was a Minnesota plus two when we talked about it a couple days ago. When we started the podcast an hour and 40 minutes ago, it was Minnesota plus one and a half. Now it's Minnesota plus one. I could see the final score of this game being like 42 to 38. The over is clearly pretty high. I think there are going to be some fireworks there. Feels like a game the uh, the Seahawks should win. Going to feel like a major gut punch if Seattle comes up. Both teams had gut punch losses last week. So both teams incentivized to win this week. I, it's going to be, if we look up, and Vikings the game would be 0-3, guy. 0-3. What if it's what you described, and it's like a 43-44 shootout, and the Seahawks lose it again, and they look up, and they're 1-2? and two? That would also feel kind of crazy. How do they – they, they got to win – the Seahawks got to win this game. Well, they play the Niners next week, right? Uh, Packers, Niners. We've talked about that game all week long. Great game. Packers plus three. And uh, Monday Night Football will be Eagles-Cowboys, which also a good game. That is a good um, game. I'm excited to watch the Mannings get that game's either viewers. close or the Cowboys, I think, could handle them. But you see, you see Sirianni today. No, he wore a shirt. I think he had him printed beat Dallas. And, and a lot of people were tweeting like this is like kind of co- collegiate. And his take was like, you know, there's something I heard a lot about. There's a big rivalry. Like, we're going to take it really seriously. It's a little collegiate, but it's I give him credit. <laughs> He's a lot. He's a lot. Who like does he just have somebody in the office? You think? <laughs> Be, I mean, it's really nicely done T-shirt, and it's like a dry fit. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine he just asks Lurie, and they have some people, right? And they just have him fired out to make. I don't know if I was a player if I would wear it, but I could see. I bet yeah, it feels kind of weird if you're a player. <laughs> yeah, I could see Lurie walking around the office in that thing. If he's even at the office, he might just be at home. Probably that's what I'd be doing if I was worth like seven billion. I don't know if I'd come to the office. Everyone loves to act like they'd be George Steinbrenner and be like, "Yeah, do you know? Understand if you were that rich, what you'd be doing? You would not just be at the facility all the time watching coaches watch tape. You would be doing fun shit." How about one of Norm McDonald? Since we both, everyone went on deep dives, Norm McDonald, because you just made me think. Like the beauty of being the owner, though, is you just you roll up to the front, you throw your keys, you walk in, you have lunch, you say hi to some people. You just need an excuse to put on a dress shirt that day, and then you head back home. <laughs> there was one norm. Did you see the norm? Old Conan, where he's like, imagine if the president was handicapped, how good his parking spot would be. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good one. Uh, that's anyway. pretty good. I Honestly, if I was the owner, I don't even think I'd put on a – if I was going to the football office, I'd, I'd wear dry fits a lot. Jeffrey does. Yeah. Jeff Lurie has his like shorts pulled up really high and his shirt always tucked in. And even when he was like, sometimes he gets kind of caught in the middle where he wears like an Eagles polo, but he wears basketball shorts and he pulls them up. You know, the great part is like, I'm rich. I own this thing. No one's going to make fun of me. Yes. <laughs> and I got my logo on it, right? We just ham logo gear. You had every ham logo gear you could <laughs> ask for. You just wear that for every. Story. I love an older guy that, that wears like uh, basketball type, you know, workout shorts and pulls them up high with shirt tucks tucked them in. in. Tucked him. Yeah. yeah. Very old school. Co- it's a very old school, like college football coach move. You know, like back in like the 70s and 80s, that was kind of their look. Shorter yeah. shorts pulled up high. Yeah. It's it's eighth grade gym class. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. definitely gym class. All right. On that note, 
Thanks for hanging, everybody. Share it all. We appreciate you very much. And we'll see you back here live YouTube pregame Sunday after the afternoon games before the Sunday night football game. And um, anything else we need to mention? Yeah, stay safe. Good one. Always good advice. Whatever that means to you, John. Yeah, whatever that means to anybody. Just, just be safe. You know, it could mean a lot of different things. I yeah, think it's like seven. We hope yeah. to hear you next time. See you next <laughs> yeah. time. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.